Welcome to episode 65 of the Retrospectives podcast, Mega Man 2. My name is Patrick Arthur, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, James Terlings. James, we're doing Mega Man 2. This this is a series that I've always been kind of interested in. It kind of touches on one of the genres I love to death, Metroidvanias. I know at least in its later installments, but I've never actually sat down and played one. Is um, Are you familiar with the Mega Man franchise? I mean, apart from Battle Network, of course. Yeah, I was about to say, we've already played the Mega Man, <laughs> the most important Mega Man. Um, I, you know, I've actually played Mega Man 2 briefly once uh, when it was out on Wii U, um, but I didn't get very far. So, I, you know, I remember enjoying my time with it back then, so I was kind of keen to get back and uh, actually finish what I started uh, all those years ago. Um, you, you, you said you weren't familiar yourself? Yeah, no, like I've, um, I'm familiar with the existence of it. And I've always known about it and, like I said, observed from a distance, uh, but I've never sat down to actually play it. So this is the first time I've ever played a Mega Man game or even like a Mega Man ripoff game. The closest game I've done to this is something like Super Metroid or Cave Story, which we did um, quite a time ago of episode 16 or 17 or something. So mm. um, I was very excited to do it. Um so James and I make up the Retrospectors podcast. Each and every fortnight, we play through classic games of the past with the intention of determining if they are true classics that have truly stood the test of time. What this means is that we are not a nostalgia-based podcast. We're not here to appreciate these games in the context in which they were created um, and you know praise them for their wonderful graphics from 1988, uh, which was the year Mega Man 2 was released. We just want to know if they are fun to play today. We're here to review and discuss our experiences playing these games over the past two weeks. So just a little bit of info about Mega Man 2. Uh, Mega Man 2 is an action platformer. It was first released in 1988 in Japan. Um, It came to the United States and other parts of the world a couple of years later. This was a very common practice for a lot of these games uh particularly when they were limited to consoles they were released in one area far before any other um it was developed by capcom and it was released for the nes slash super famicom depending on what you want to call it uh it was ported to a few other platforms not every platform but it saw releases on the playstation and nintendo ds And it's now available on both Android and iPhones and even Windows through the Mega Man Legacy Collection bundle. But I don't believe you can just buy it by itself. Uh, So yeah, that's the basic background of Mega Man 2. Um, And James and I, when we played this Fortnite, we both played on an emulated uh, NES version. was Was that correct for you, James? Yeah, I played this on an emulated version as well. The version I played on the Wii U ran just fine, um, but I did want the you know the freedom of playing it on my computer this time around. Yeah, as far as I can see, uh, the other versions of this game are basically identical. Uh, maybe maybe you see slight differences, uh, mainly with the graphics. The NES version has a lot of uh, graphical flickering, I, I guess is what I'd call it. We saw the same thing when we did Castlevania. Whereas the modern versions remove all that, it tends to run a lot smoother. Uh, So the first thing that you need to do when you start a game of Mega Man 2 is you need to select the difficulty. And uh, James, from what I heard, you first did a run through of this game on the normal difficulty. 
Yeah, and that, that felt like a mistake. I felt like normal was far too easy. Um, to give you guys some context, it kind of felt like every time I killed an enemy, there was basically, it felt like an 80% chance for an enemy to drop a full, like a quarter health pickup. So you just constantly never ran out of health. There was no challenge to any of the levels. Uh, the bosses, I was able to kill without dodging any of their attacks. Like I could just stand still and shoot and take all the damage and they'd still die first. So yeah, I restarted the game on, you know, what's labeled as difficult. Um, and it felt much better to me. Um, although I don't think this version actually, you know, the original version of the game had these two difficulties to begin with. Is that right, Pat? Yeah. So the original release of the game was, um, was the Japanese version and it had one difficulty mode and that was the difficult mode. But as was common at the time, the Japanese felt the need to include difficulties for their, you know, less skilled US counterparts. <laughs> <laughs> and it's something that, that ha has happened all the time, even as recently with um, games like the early Devil May Cries, where the game was just forced onto an easier mode than, um, and you, un you know, the, the difficulty was greatly reduced. So... Yeah, the, the best way to play Mega Man 2 is on the difficult mode. That's what I consider the normal difficulty mode. And normal is like a very easy mode that removes the challenge to the point where the obstacles in your way are barely obstacles. You can just kind of face roll your way through them. So if you play Mega Man 2, please do play on difficult. Okay, um, so I think we're ready to jump in to the discussion, but firstly, just a couple of quick details on like what kind of game Mega Man 2 is. So I mentioned it was an action platformer, so uh, and I feel that that pretty much gets to the heart of it. You're, it's a 2D side-scroller where you're, you, know, you can jump around the screen. Uh, the unique thing, well, maybe not unique, but the standout thing that defines Mega Man 2 is your weapons. You aren't like Mario or Sonic, where you need to bounce on enemies' heads to kill them. Uh, you have a wide array of weapons. You start out with just one, but as you play through the game and defeat bosses, defeat stages, you get more and more weapons until you have something like uh, nine basic weapons at the end of the game, as well as a few other utility items that count as your weapon so you're shooting enemies from range a lot of the time and you're engaging with your enemies at range apart from that it's a fairly standard platformer you're trying to reach the end of each stage and defeat the boss uh, structurally is probably where Mega Man 2 is the most interesting the most diverse from its uh, counterparts uh, at the beginning of the game, you are not forced into a linear sequence of levels to reach the final stage. Instead, you have a choice of eight stages, which are themed after uh, a boss. For example, there's Flashman or Heatman or Airman, and uh, you move through the stage, you defeat the boss, and once you defeat the boss, you unlock a weapon that is the same type as the boss that you defeated. So when you defeat Airman, you get an air cannon. When you defeat Heatman, you get a heat cannon, etc. And you can move through these levels in any order you choose. There isn't any hard caps on your progress, and theoretically you can beat them any way you like. There are, however, soft caps, certain areas that are and bosses that are extremely difficult to get through without the appropriate weapons. So 
uh, there's you're kind of nudged towards completing these levels in a particular order, even if you're not straight jacketed. So James, my first question is, how do you feel about this structure? Do you think it worked for you? And did you think that the idea was as good as the actual execution of this idea, how it worked in practice? Yeah, so to me, when I think of the structure of Mega Man 2, um, the first thing that comes to my mind is this idea of creativity and experimentation. I feel like this structure is meant to give the player the freedom to choose the order they wish to progress the game in, and I guess in their first couple of runs in the game, I imagine most players will end up going in, you know, roughly the same order, because... Um, Mega Man 2 has this concept of boss weaknesses, where each boss will be uh, extra weak to one of the other eight weapons in the game. For example, Quick Man, who moves very fast, is weak to the weapon that stops time, and he'll take damage for as long as time is stopped. Um, and, you know, using the right weapon on the right boss makes the boss significantly easier. Um, because of this, um, and because the fact that like the levels aren't all equally difficult, some are much harder than others, I think that most players on their first time around will, uh, you know, gravitate towards you know a fairly similar route through the game. What this does mean for replayability is that you can challenge yourself to try beating the game in lots of weird orders, and I'm pretty sure that basically any order through the game would be possible, although very difficult um, in some cases. So I think that the game's idea of encouraging player creativity, like trying to figure out their own way through the game, is a good one. Um, although I'm not too sure that this game perfects the idea by any means. But on the on the on the face of it, I'm I'm all for the idea. I think that it's a very different structure to a lot of other games that I've played, and you know that novelty alone is almost good good enough for me. So one of the things I really like about this structure is something that I've encountered in open world puzzle games like The Witness or Outer Wilds, where if you run into a challenge that you're that you don't feel comfortable beating you are not forced to endlessly bang your head against the wall until you beat it you can just leave that level and start a new one and over my time playing Mega Man 2 a lot of what I was doing was try a stage get to this bit that seemed ridiculous like the one that really stands out I think it was I think it was Quick Man, the one where the lasers come across the screen. Yep. Yeah, so yep. I came across this level where lasers burst across the screen, and if you didn't run to the next level in time, you would be killed instantly and sent back to a checkpoint or the bat start of the level when you game over. And I could see that while it was maybe technically possible to do, it seemed really, really hard. So instead of trying to continue this impossible challenge, I was just like, well, that's okay. I don't need to keep doing this. There are six other stages I haven't completed yet. So I left it and I came back later. And um, I really like that structure. I like having the freedom to, uh, to say, yep, this is probably too hard. There's probably uh, something I need that is going to make this easier. Let's just pop out and try something else for a while before I return. Yeah, and on the other side of the coin, you could be stubborn. You could stay there and you could bang your head against the wall for like an hour and then you could eventually beat it, right? Mm -hmm. um, the game lets you do that too. 
Um, and I think that's great because this structure caters to, uh, you know, a wide variety of players who want to approach the game, you know, in a whole bunch of different ways. Uh, and I think that that's great. I, I really liked it as well. Um, you know, with Quick Man Stage, the one that you just mentioned, the level kind of has you drop down from the top of the screen to the bottom, uh, for several rooms in a row and these like lasers will rapidly you know fly from the top and like they'll a laser a horizontal laser will appear at the top of the screen and then a second one beneath it and then another beneath that until the entire screen is filled up with lasers so you kind of have to rapidly drop down through the level um and i i was in the other camp with that level i sat there and i tried it over and over until i could get the timing right to get to the bottom and you know after i after i managed to do that successfully it ended up being one of my favorite levels in the game and the same thing that you did as well i also um you know quit out of some levels that i found too hard and went and did others until i could eventually beat the ones i was stuck on um i think it's a really good you know structure to have so i wanted to one of the things that i actually didn't like about this uh this broad structure is something you brought up earlier the concept of boss weaknesses um bosses being you know taking extra damage from certain attacks so what I liked about what I like about Mega Man 2, as you play, you get all these different weapons. And I liked how the different weapons felt tactically useful in different spots. Like, for example, there's a bubble cannon that shoots bubbles along the ground. So you can use it to attack enemies on levels below you safely instead of, you know, shooting your projectiles straight forward. Uh, and I like that idea of certain enemies having the soft weakness of, you know, in this position, in this arrangement, I can use this weapon and it's really effective. Uh, I was less high on this concept of bosses just taking more damage from certain weapons because it felt like instead of finding the weapon that was the best tactical fit to the style of the boss's attacks and movements... It was just a matter of figuring out, oh, this boss is taking a lot of damage from this weapon, so I'm meant to use this weapon. Was this as big a problem for you, James, or did you think it was fine? Yeah, so I think this is a difficult balance to strike, because like we said before with the gameplay, there is this idea that you want players who are struggling to have an easier way out, right? Like in, a, in an RPG, for example, that out would often be grinding, and in this case, the out is using the super weapon. Um, that makes the boss a lot easier to fight. Um, for me personally, the existence of this kind of harmed my experience because I never felt I ever needed to, um, like, probably learn a boss fight. I just needed to, you know, use the right weapon. And I think something that's even more of an issue than the boss is just having a weakness is that the sheer imbalance in the weapons means that oftentimes there is a weapon that is better than the weapon that is strong against the boss uh which you know uh i guess we'll talk about this now which was the metal blade um a weapon that i found to be vastly stronger than every other weapon in the game um, and, you know, even in the we the bosses that it wasn't the, the, the strong weapon against, I felt that it killed bosses faster than, you know, the, the ideal weapon, which was even more of a problem for me. So something that we spoke about last week on the East episode was that good boss design, you know, is made up of a bunch of different things. And I think that playing this game has made me realize that there was an extra thing 
um, that we forgot to mention that seems so obvious now, but it's almost like too obvious to even mention, is that the idea of a good boss requires you to be to overcome the boss's challenge before you beat the boss. Um, in Mega Man 2, I often found that this wasn't the case, and that I would often beat bosses without being able to dodge a single one of their attacks, even on difficult, not just on easy. For example, Woodman has a some really t like big hitboxes on his attacks. Um, I don't think I dodged his attacks a single time in both of my playthroughs, um, and even the third time I fought him, I just was able to do enough damage to him with the, the blades um, and the fire cannon that he died faster than he killed me and i found this to be really unsatisfying it's um it's definitely unsatisfying when you kind of damage tank your way through these bosses to beat them right the one um the one for me that was really really upsetting was definitely uh airman so airman throws a series of tornadoes at you uh which block your attacks so you kind of the idea is that you dodge through the attacks and then you can shoot him a couple of times before he repeats the pattern. But he would throw combinations of attacks at you that I swear a lot of the time were literally impossible to dodge. And then the window after he threw those tornadoes at you was where you could actually get damage him was actually very small before he would throw another set of these tornadoes at you. So after spending several attempts trying to dodge an attack, dodge an attack, I eventually just tanked, j just basically took damage walking through one of the tornadoes and then just hit him a lot, <laughs> did a lot of damage to him. And in the end, it turned what would have potentially been an interesting boss. You know, like these boss farts aren't crazy complex or anything, but but you don't need a lot of complexity if the if it's a fun pattern to dodge. Uh, what what was potentially a fun boss fight into something that was awful and, and something that I didn't enjoy at all. Yeah, with Airman, um, I did manage to dodge every single one of its patterns at least once um, throughout the game. Even that one where you basically have to make this little tiny jump at the start to get over this one on the floor but not hit the one above you. Um, I managed to dodge that exactly once out of maybe 30 times. <laughs> Um, and like you, like, I would just kill, like, I would just take all the hits eventually and then just kill him with the leaf shield, um, when, like, he had an opening, uh, cause you can just stand there with it spinning around you and he'll just die. Um, that happened to me a lot. I, I really, really get frustrated when I don't actually get to, you know, fight the boss. I think that the boss's attacks are probably a bit too difficult to dodge in some ways, like, the bosses generally only have a single attack that's difficult to dodge, rather than like a lot of modern boss design where it's like this enemy has like eight attacks which are moderately difficult to dodge. Um, and I think that's way more satisfying because the boss fight is a lot more engaging when it does different things as opposed to doing the same one thing over and over that you constantly get hit by because the timing window is just so tight. Yeah, I, I um I found a lot a lot of the boss attacks like really difficult to dodge. The um the projectile and, speed is really fast on not just the boss yeah. attacks but plenty of enemy attacks as well. Uh so dodging attacks in this game is very hard. Like I I found it very difficult. I probably found it more difficult than you did James because I died a lot to bosses over my time playing. Uh Me what too. one boss 
I want to cite a boss which, while simple, I did enjoy fighting because I felt that when I beat it, I had overcome its challenge, and that was Metal Man. Um, Metal Man basically throws... It's very simple. He just jumps up and down throwing blades at you. But I felt like with the degree of control I had over my character, I could dodge 90% of those blades. And as I did that boss fight over and over, I felt I got better and better and better at dodging those blades that were being thrown at me with, you know, subtle left and right movements uh, to to change, you know, where I was falling. Did, did you enjoy that fight, James? Um, so Metal Man has this component, which is uh, an extra component that you're not mentioning, that is this, uh, it has this conveyor yep. belt on the floor, yep, that switches directions every few t- a few times. I found that that fucked with my timing enough that I didn't enjoy the boss fight. Um, like, I would feel like I was about to dodge and then suddenly it would change unexpectedly and then I'd hit a blade because, you know, I wasn't anticipating the... The treadmills change, so I I didn't really like Metal Man's fight because of that. Um, the boss that I felt the same way that you feel about Metal Man was for me was Crash Man. Um, once I like I beat Crash Man entirely with the basic weapon every time I fought him, um, and once I felt like I mastered the fight, I could you know fight, kill him without getting hit. Um, and it would take a while, but I could do it consistently, and once I'd figured out how to dodge all his attacks, because the boss jumps whenever you shoot, so you kind of need to, like, jump and then shoot bullets for him to jump into, um, and then avoid his pattern as well. Um, I found that fun. Yeah, see, um, I just use the air cannon against him because that attack goes up, so you just kind of oh, walk, yeah, right. walk towards him and attack up. And, and this is kind of what I mean by soft counter versus hard counter. Um, Crash Man as a fight basically didn't exist for me because I think it took three attacks to kill him because you shoot... Well, the thing is, the attack shoots three tornadoes and because he jumps up into them, he takes... He gets hit by all three and he's weak to the air cannon, right? But he didn't need to be. Like, there's no reason for him to be... uh, For him to be taking extra damage. Yeah, because the weapon already counters him with tactically with how it operates yeah i agree i would much prefer something like that where you get these tactical advantages even i would even prefer bosses to have tactical weaknesses to multiple weapons so um i think that would increase the variety on replayability like say you go through the route one two three and then you fight boss four and he's weak to weapons one and six right like so now you have one of these special tactical options to you but then say you go through the game a different way you go like six one three and then you fight boss four and you have weapons six and one this time um like i think if the boss is tactically weak to multiple weapons but not you know they don't just take more damage then the game's a lot more interesting in that way because i think that this idea of you know the game being quite different depending on how you go through it is a really good one um, and adds a lot of potential replayability to the game but because bosses are so like linearly weak to weapons like i feel like like my first and second playthroughs weren't that different um i used mostly the same tactics each way and there's no real like there's no like incentive system for like pushing yourself to try you know doing harder bosses in different orders um something that stuck out to me was that there wasn't this idea that 
the harder bosses dropped stronger weapons because like I beat Metal Man like within the first two stages both times and he drops by far the best weapon. Um, which, you know, I think made my playthroughs quite homogenous because I was just constantly using the metal blade. So you've, you've mentioned that a couple of times, how strong the metal blade is, and you're absolutely correct. Like the metal blade, not only does it do a lot of damage, not only does it, uh, does it kill on a, if you successfully kill an enemy, the attack continues. So you're able to like mow down groups of enemies Multiple if they line enemies. up yep. um you also can aim with the metal blade you can shoot it you can shoot it up down or in either or diagonally up or down in any direction so it has the ability oh and your attacks go through walls in this game we should mention that so you yeah it is by far and away the best utility weapon and the best general use weapon but James, don't you think that there's something to be? I, I understand it's overpowered, right? But we've we've played a lot of these games, and in single player games, I think weapons being overpowered is generally less of an issue. Isn't there something to be said for the fact that Mega Man Two has given you nine weapons, like a huge array of weapons that all do different things, um, and be praised for its variety that it's offering you? even if the imbalance is a little wonky, because I'm sure they could have just given you three weapons in this game, but instead they were like, yep, we're going to go nuts and give you heaps of weapons, and if the imbalance suffers a little because of it, so be it. Yeah, I think it's not so bad to have all the weapons be super strong. Um, I think it's more of a problem when heaps of the weapons feel like less useful. Um, like, I felt like... Unless I was fighting exactly Woodman, I never used the the atomic fire weapon like at all, basically. Yeah, me neither. Because um, I could, yeah. Um, I never used the leaf shield other than when there were birds around to get up the Crashman Tower. Oh, what about um with the Leafman shield? There are a lot of bits where you're on these platforms that are moving. Did did you ever use the leaf yep. shield then? No, I used the metal blade. Again. Yeah, so so if you use the cool thing is with the leaf shield is that if you move, the leaf shield gets shot. But if you jump on a platform, you can activate the leaf shield and it will just stay there because you're not actually moving. I found that the leaf shield didn't block lots of projectiles. Like things just went through it a lot of the time. Um so I just didn't want to feel like I felt vulnerable when I wasn't using it specifically to kill lots of little enemies like the birds or the little drills. Mm -hmm in Metal Man stage, um, or later in the game. Um, I think that it's less of a problem that the Metal Blade is overpowered and more of a problem that some of the weapons are underpowered, um, or that the Metal Blade fills too many niches at once, um, so that you feel... And it's, like, it. it's not a... Like, so the weapons in this game have charge. The Metal Blade feels like it has the most charge of any weapon. <laughs> like, you just never run out of yeah. it, too. So it's not like you know you'll it's really powerful but then you'll run out of it no you just have it all the time um i felt like it hurt my creativity because like maybe this is on me but i felt like if this weapon was so good i can use it all the time um i was comfortable using it um and it like kind of kind of made me stop experimenting as much as i thought this game should be encouraging to be honest yeah definitely when i got like the boomerang or whatever i was like this is just I, I don't really see a situation where I'd ever use this over the metal blade. I think the thing that pushes it over the edge is the fact that you can aim in 
any direction Eight with it. Directions. Yeah, it's yeah. It, it's just absurd. It just makes it so much better than anything yeah. else. Because you know how yeah. I mentioned before that you could use the bubble cannon to attack enemies on lower levels? That's true until you get the metal blade, and then you're like, well, why the and hell you... would I ever use that when I can just shoot yeah, it down? Actively, yeah. It actively eats into the niche of other weapons. Yep. Like like on against Woodman, who's weak against the fire cannon, I just killed him with the metal blade because he takes like three or four hits with that anyway. So um, I think that having a powerful weapon isn't a problem in and of itself. It's a problem when the whole game is trying to go for this like creativity angle and you know you're discouraged from being creative or figuring out interesting tactical options because you can just use the one weapon in all these situations yeah specifically the utility of it i think is the problem with it uh i i liked the idea of these weapons less as damaging things and more as utility things they all have a niche that they excel in and as james said it eats into the niche of two other too many other weapons so even though the game have nine has nine weapons a lot of the time it feels like it has four so in in addition to these weapons you also get some movement uh, upgrades as you progress and i think that in some ways this might be the the solution to a lot of the problems that you were mentioning with creative pathways because what Mega Man does is that throughout its levels it has extra lives and it has bonus energy tanks that you can only reach if you have these movement upgrades uh, they include a, a jet rocket that goes in a straight line that you can jump on and a platform that hovers to the air that you can jump on and I think that even though for the purpose of finishing the game as fast as possible, uh, there's probably only a few optimal paths. I think that these upgrades and the knowledge of how to get those upgrades, if you got, you know, item, they're creatively called item one, item two, and item three. But I think that Mm -hmm. if if you know which boss to beat to get these item upgrades, you would be able to access a whole bunch of secrets that you wouldn't otherwise be able to get. Because when you finish a stage, it gets locked out to you and you can't revisit it. Yeah, these items are kind of locked to specific stages as well. For example, you need to beat Airman to get the rocket that you can jump on. Um, I'm not sure. I was... I thought it would make more sense if you got them like after every couple of levels that you beat. Although, you know, maybe having the making it so Airman stage gives you two weapons kind of uh, makes up for the fact that Airman's weapon isn't as good as something like the Metal Blade. Um, so, you know, I I've often found myself doing Airman stage quite early, specifically because in Heatman stage, there's a section at the end. Um, which strongly incentivizes you to use that item to uh, to get over, um, which is this long section of instant kill lava um, that has these like disappearing blocks you have to jump on in a set order to get across. I never did that. I just used item two to zoom over the lava every time. So I tried <laughs> to do it, James, for about 30 to 45 minutes. Like, no joke. And, and that's not like just doing that phase, like just doing the level over and over again. That level really frustrated me with the platformer i gotta say um what i realized because i kept getting further and further is that you basically had to do blind jumps because the the platform that you're on will disappear at the same time that the next platform loads so you have to be in mid-air predicting where the next platform is going to be 
when it appears and they're not just in a straight line they're like at different heights and everything so after mm. trying over and over again i'm like this is bullshit you, you, there's no way that the game should be expecting you to do this i'm gonna come back and then i got the jet rocket and it all made sense that it's just meant to be a thing you skip <laughs> absolutely yeah. ridiculous um james let's uh do you want to have a music break and then we'll um we'll return and we'll speak a little bit about the moment to moment gameplay yeah why not um I've heard a lot of these songs before. Um, You mentioned at the end of last episode that you'd heard a lot of this music outside of Mega Man games. Um, Did it live up to your expectations? Uh, Mostly, yes. I I actually really liked the soundtrack. Uh, You know, I haven't listened to an endless amount of NES music, um, but I really enjoyed Castlevania's OST when we did it. And after listening to this, I love it to pieces. Um, I think there's a couple of tracks that are just superb. The the one I'm choosing for this music break is Willie's Castle uh, Stage 1, and I think it's fucking fantastic. Like, it's a banger from start to finish. But even the um, even just the individual stages, I found them stuck in my head. Every time I... Um, I turned my computer off for the night. I was um I could just hear those chip tunes in my head. So um I really enjoyed the music. Uh once again, uh the Ness music is excellent and uh I really I really like this style. I I need to listen to more of it, I think. But maybe I I'm just you, I remember when we started the show you did not like this style at all. Um part of it is that I've played some more modern takes on NES games like a thousand and one spikes and the messenger and i think just by listening to more music in this style i've gained an appreciation for it that never really existed before yeah even something like shovel knight has a great ost um and it's sort of in that style um but i agree with you i think the music in Mega Man 2 is for the most part pretty good there are some tracks that are whatever, but there are well, a lot of stages that I really like the music. And like you, I think the Wily's Castle stage one track was the best. Um, they've got a really good rendition of it in Smash Ultimate. I quite like it. So um, this is Wily's Castle. Wiley's Castle. Patrick, you chose a good song, um, I gotta say. Um, where did you want to go with the gameplay discussion now? So I think it's worth talking a little bit about the moment-to-moment gameplay experience, the controls, things like that. 
let's yep. let's start with the controls. Uh, I think that when we talk about platformers, it's important to discuss the experience of controlling a character because that informs the fundamental thing that you're doing from start to finish in the game. So Mega Man's movement, I would describe as being precise, but without any momentum whatsoever. So you have a variable jump height. You can jump up and down and you can determine exactly how high you jump. You can move left and right with your jumps. Uh, you can't move very far, but it's not. It, you aren't doing long jumps. They're fairly short jumps, far shorter than something in Mario at full speed. And there is no speed factor here. Uh, you're either moving or you're not. So you can't do a bigger jump by moving faster. You also have a degree of air control, both while jumping up and falling down. And this is all just to distinguish and explain it from something like Mario, where you've got a lot of control over your character as they're moving um, with momentum, or Castlevania, which we did earlier, where you have literally zero control of your character as they do a preset jump. Um, for the most part, I enjoyed the platforming in this game. I've always enjoyed games where you have a lot of precision over your character. And I think importantly, and this was one of my big problems with Castlevania, I think that you that your ability to move mostly matches the challenges in front of you. And I think that the problems with um, with taking almost necessary damage from certain boss attacks is not on your moveset, but instead on the fact that some of the boss's attacks are ridiculous. James, how did you feel about the controls? Did you did you enjoy how Mega Man controlled? So I strongly liked how, you know, the the length of time pressing jump corresponded to how high you jumped and how the stages used that a lot. My favorite parts of the platforming in this game were the ones where there were lots of little blocks in a row that you had to jump on with different, you know, gaps between them. Um, for example, in Wily Stage 1, there's this bit near the end before you fight a big dragon where you have to jump over a lot of blocks. I liked that bit. Um, and I liked the bits, most of the bits in the lava section with the, like, the disappearing blocks. Um... I did feel that Mega Man was felt a bit, I don't know, slippery. Whenever I had to turn around, it felt, I don't know how to describe it, but it turned, it felt quite bad. I felt I often fell off blocks that I wasn't expecting to fall off when having to turn around. Um, and the biggest issue I have with the controls um, is the shooting. Um, I think that this game feels really bad to shoot in. Um, so... To explain why, I think the biggest issue with the controls is that one, when Mega Man's gun um, can shoot multiple shots, um, and in order to shoot multiple shots, you have to press the button for each and every shot, um, which leads to a lot of mashing of the shoot button while also trying to like awkwardly jump with your thumb at the same time. In the end, I kind of rebound my controller to have shoot on a shoulder button. Um, so that I could press jump and shoot at the same time. But I, in the original control scheme of this game, I don't think that was the case, and I reckon it would have been extremely awkward to control. Man, that's interesting, because I didn't have that same problem that you did having them on different buttons. I was completely fine with shooting and jumping at the same time, which is very, very strange indeed, because normally this is a massive complaint of mine. Uh, 
I yeah, I don't know. I this didn't bother me nearly as much as it did you. Okay, yeah, I found it to be extremely aggravating. Like um when I started playing this game, I tried Bubble Man's stage for the first time and immediately you get put onto these platforms of different levels with enemies on platforms above you that are throwing these arced shots at you. Um, so you constantly, like, to kill them, you need to be dodging between the little, you know, the little frogs they're throwing um, and jumping up to shoot them by mashing the button. Uh, I found that to be incredibly tedious right from the get-go. Um, yeah, my thumb got kind of sore, like, immediately. Um, because, I don't know, it just, it felt wrong to me. Like, I'm used to these shooting, like, these jumping shooting games. You just hold the button and then you can, you know, tap jump. Uh, to dodge attacks, I felt like having to do both at the same time felt really clunky. Were you using the burst fire key? Um, the burst fire key? Yeah, so um, at least on my controller, because I looked up the Mega Man 2 controls, uh, if you press what's for me Y, the top button, uh, Mega Man would shoot a burst of bullets, like he'd shoot three uh, bullets yeah, at a yeah, time. Yeah, three, three at once. Yeah. I did find that, yeah. Yeah, so um, so I used that a lot. Like, I used it very frequently, um, mainly with mainly earlier on in the game with the base weapon, uh, but I, I found that was pretty useful for those jump-shoot scenarios. Yeah, once I got a better weapon that didn't require me to mash the button as much or, you know, mash the burst shot as much, I didn't find it as bad. Um, but I, I, I don't know, I did not like the way it felt to control this game very much, to be honest. Um, I, it just felt kind of sluggish to me. Yeah, so so I didn't have a major issue with that in particular, but, but the, the issue for me that I wanted to bring up was uh, the issue of aiming diagonally up and down to to take shots because like we said the metal blade is the most useful weapon because it can aim diagonally up and down and i don't think there is really an easy way to have a control scheme as far as i know on a on a gamepad that lets you aim diagonally up and down while moving while jumping all at the same time the problem is that the D-pad that controls your movement is also what you need to be pressing the direction of in order to shoot your weapon. So it always feels like you're moving your character when you just want to be moving your aim to shoot. Um, something that Super Metroid did when we covered that was it had the shoulder keys were aimed diagonally up and diagonally down. And I felt, even though I grew used to that as it went on, it still felt bad to me. James, I, I was just thinking... Can you think of a game that does this kind of thing justice? Because all I can think of is twin stick shooters and um, like a mouse and keyboard kind of setup that lets you aim in any direction you want. Yeah, I agree. I think it's really awkward, honestly. You know, the way Super Metro did it was okay. I think if you have the idea of mapping up and down to buttons that are like par like horizontal to each other seems weird to me. Like, if you have a controller that has, you know, shoulder buttons and triggers, then you can map, you know, aim up and down to, like, the right-hand side, like a bumper and a trigger. Um, and then, to me, that's way more intuitive. Um, yeah. But, like, I kind of agree with you. It felt bad to be wanting to, like, jump uh, forward, but also throw diagonally upward at the same time. It felt really awkward. Um and like you, I struggled with that a lot while playing Mega Man 2. Yeah, and I don't 
think that it's something that can actually be, as far as I know, I don't think it's something that can be solved with a gamepad. I guess it could freeze your movement whenever you want to attack, but then your mobility feels like it's being significantly hampered. And the thing that comes to mind is, I mean, if you have a mouse and keyboard setup, you can use the mouse to kind of aim in a 360 degree arc around your character while moving your character and jumping with the other keys. And that's the only thing mm. that that really makes sense. Maybe you can replicate that by having the by having the right thumbstick control app, but it all it all still feels a bit awkward. Um, the the other control issue I wanted to bring up is maybe the same one you brought up, um, falling off platforms when you backstep. I think, and this is a very slight thing, but I think it can impact the experience dramatically. I think that Mega Man falls off platforms a little bit too early. I think that yeah. if he, I think he should stay on platforms for a few more steps. And maybe it's just because I've played a lot of Mario, but in Mario, you can pretty much get the character right to the very edge of a platform where he's only a few pixels on the platform and he'll stay on it. And it lets you do stuff like jump to a platform directly above you because you can kind of swing out and swing back in. So many times while playing this game and in one fight in particular against the dragon, um, yes, I would fall off, plat- like not even after getting hit, I would just casually stroll off the platform and i think that if they just extended the amount that you could stay on the platform just a little bit then it would be way less frustrating yeah i found often that i was trying to run to the far edge of a platform and then jump and instead of like jumping when i expect to i'd just fall um like you had a lot of problems with that dragon boss fight eventually um i concluded that i was always going to fall off platforms so if i stay on the very top platform then when i fall off I will fall on one of the lower platforms 100% of the time, and then I'll jump back up, um, and I'll just take the hits and kill it faster than it kills me, um, which was my solution to a lot of bosses, honestly. Um, But like you, I agree. It felt really bad to fall off platforms when you didn't expect. I think newer games are a lot more uh, fairer with this kind of thing and a lot more intuitive. The other time it gave me issues where I literally had to walk up, look up a walkthrough because I was so, I couldn't figure out what the hell was going on. There's this part where you need to, I think it's in the first uh, level of Wily's Castle. You need to like throw three air platforms in a row to go from a ladder on the bottom right to a ladder on the bottom left. And I tried a few versions of it. I'm like, this isn't working. There's something I'm missing. But no, you just kind of have to. It's like the one section of the game where you need like perfect platforming to get through Uh, did you find this easier or because i really struggled this took me a long time yeah no i i fell off it twice i think and then i figured to just walk to the edge of the platforms every time and then it kind of worked for me most of the time i had a lot more trouble with the section after with the dragon uh than this one you're talking about but i can definitely see you getting stuck here it's kind of annoying um so this leads me to a, another point that I want to bring up, mm-hmm. um, the checkpointing system of this game. Patrick, I think that this game has the single worst checkpointing system I've ever seen in a video game. Um, something that the game encourages a lot, and this will get back to this platforming thing that Patrick's talking about, is that like lots of sections in the game... Uh, you benefit from using particular weapons. So, for example, this section that Patrick's talking about requires you to use three floating platforms in order to get through. So, um, weapons in this game have energy 
Um, and if you don't have energy, you can't fire the weapon. Um, this is a problem because when you die in this game and get sent back to a checkpoint, it will refill your health to maximum, but it won't refill your weapon's energy at all. Um, so, for example, in this section that Patrick's talking about, you need these air platforms to get through it. Um, if you run out of air platforms and then die, you either have to grind enemies for energy, um, or if you're unlucky enough to be, you know, checkpointed at a boss or something that requires a weapon, you just need to restart the level or restart the game. Um, because, you know, those six lives that you have won't, you know, they're just guaranteed deaths. Um, this is particularly bad near the end of the game. Um, the, the two last bosses in the game um, are only weak to one weapon each. So if you get to these bosses without charge for that weapon, you're just fucked. Um, you can have a hundred lives, it doesn't matter. You have to restart the level because you just don't have energy for these weapons. Um, and I found this to be extremely atrocious. Um, this kind of made me not want to experiment. Like I said before, that the Metal Blade was overpowered because it has lots of charge and is good on everything. So I basically, you know, as soon as I noticed that the checkpointing doesn't refill your energy, I just started using only the Metal Blade because I was afraid um, of not having energy for a boss when I needed. Um, Quick Man Stage is particularly bad for this. As you said, it's really tight timing, but you can get through it okay if you use the time stop power. The problem is, if you die at this part after using the time stop power, which you can only use once, by the way, um, then again you're stuck without having access to it. Uh, this is unforgivable for me. I... You know, once this started happening to me, I was like, fuck this, I'm using save states. Like, this checkpointing is horrendous. So, while I agree that this is a structural flaw of the game, I think you are overblowing this issue. Because while Mega Man's checkpointing can be frustrating and that it leaves you with no energy, uh, if you suffer a game over, you can just start the level again with full energy and play differently. And the levels are not so long. I would say each level is about, uh, even though there are only eight main stages, each level is only as long as, say, a Mario level. It takes maybe a minute and a half to get through. And once you know how to get through a level, you can generally get through a level pretty quickly knowing what obstacles you have to face. So while it is punishing in the sense that if you have three lives and you don't have the appropriate weapon for those last couple of stages, uh, you have to start the level again. You can then use that knowledge to not use those weapons. That specific example you brought up, the time stop uh, one, where you have to fight against uh, Quick Man. Firstly, Quick Man's a bitch. That boss is far and away the hardest boss I had to fight. But I beat him without using the time stop power up at all. I did need to use an energy tank halfway through, and it probably took me 10 to 15 attempts because he was very hard and erratic and quick, as his name suggested. But it wasn't unbeatable, and by... And like I said, you can always just restart the stage with more knowledge. Was it really that frustrating for you to restart these stages? So we discussed this off air, and I have to I have to be fair. Um, this was probably mostly a problem with me not understanding the structure of the continues. Um, so I, I because this game has a password save system, I had assumed that whenever you died, 
um, you would just get kicked out to the main menu. Um, I never, you know, hit continue and then got back to the start of the stage. I was already kind of using save states at this point to just have a checkpoint at the start of the level um, and just before a boss. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually got up to the last level in the game um, and got to the final boss um, and didn't have the weapon I needed. So you literally can't damage the final boss without the right weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I didn't know you could restart just that level, um with the uh, the full energy um i thought that i had like soft locked myself out of the game um so to be fair this is probably more of a problem with me than the game um but i did find the idea like don't you find it frustrating that you can get to this state like if you have like 20 lives say like you've played really well um and you get up to the last boss in the game and you don't have the bubble lead the fact that then you need to throw yourself off a cliff 20 times in order to beat the game does that not annoy you at all yeah no i i basically i see what you're saying and i agree with you structurally it's just in my experience playing this game i died non-stop like every yeah. every stage i was dying and game overing so if I were to get to the end and die, you know, I didn't have the thing or whatever, I was expecting to die and came over on every single boss every single time, basically. That that was the experience of playing the game. It was die, 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 get to the boss, die, 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 you know, several game overs later, finally beat the boss. And some do were, the level again. Do the level again. And, and some were a little bit easier than that, but... Um, in in practice, it wasn't frustrating for me because I was expecting to die anyway. I can see how if you were really good at this game, uh, it would be frustrating. But in practice, it wasn't. Um, I should also clarify that I used uh, save states myself um, on the a few times on the final stretch because you know you do your first eight levels and then you move on to Wily's castle which is five stages you have to do in a row and I basically got so frustrated with the dragon boss not because it was killing me but because I would get to the end of the stage and then I would fall off and die and it happened over and over again I'm like fuck this I I need to I need to make some save states and then as um as I moved towards the end I was kind of running out of time for the episode, so I made some save states to make it easier for me. So I, I also used them a little bit. Uh, but yeah, it, what what it boils down to is that if you're dying a lot already in this game, being unable to beat boss X on this specific attempt because you don't have enough energy doesn't wind up being a big problem because you're going to die five to ten times anyway trying to overcome it. I I still really don't like it, right? Like, I don't like um, just having... Like, why doesn't it just reset you to the, the state you're at? I wouldn't even mind... Like, if it reset me to... You know, I was on 60% health when I got to the checkpoint. If it reset me to 60% health and whatever energy I had when I got there, I would have preferred that a lot um, to what we have here. I found it immensely frustrating. I did not like it at all. Um, and the thing is, James, I I can't disagree with you. Like you're you're making sense, and from a game design point of view, you're completely right. It should have done that. It shouldn't put you. And you know, it builds back on what I was saying before about yeah, bosses having be fair, soft weaknesses. I was all, to be fair, I was also stupid and didn't understand the <laughs> continuing properly. So that is definitely on me. Um, now I want to talk about. 
the last levels of the game because I think that this is kind of where I fell off um, the train. Um, I went from generally enjoying somewhat this game to hating it near the end of the game. Um, this is particularly the case for the second last level, um, which features probably one of the worst bosses I've ever played against, the Boobing <laughs> Trap. Um, so the Boobing Trap um, can ha is this room that has these little circles on the walls um, that shoot lasers at you every few seconds. Um, and they can only be damaged by the Crash Bomb, uh, a, a weapon that you have seven shots of exactly it uses a lot of ammo um and there's also you know they're hiding behind these breakable walls so to, this boss is mostly a puzzle um and basically the puzzle is so tight that if you miss a single shot um or maybe it's two shots uh the puzzle's over there's no way you can complete the level um and you need to just wait and die and go back um this boss in particular is where i found uh, this checkpointing system to be to go from like I dislike it to being like I hate it um, because I just like I just needed to die and then even when it reset me in front of the boss I wouldn't have the weapon so I just needed to go back to the start of the stage so I just have to walk into the boss die walk into the boss die walk into the boss die um, and then I was like fuck it I'm just gonna get to the boss with full charge make a save state and then you know bash my head against it until I beat it I thought this was truly awful so did you have to reload an earlier save state because you said you didn't really know about the game over system yeah so I reloaded you know I was making one at the start of every level um, and then getting through the whole level and then trying to use the checkpoints um, but yeah that boss kind of kind of killed my will to continue um trying to play the game by its rules i it, it's awful I, I i think this boss makes better chaos look good so so you you and i both like puzzle games so so tell me why this puzzle doesn't work for you as a puzzle boss fight what what is it about it that's so frustrating is it you feel it's got like too much trial and error um, so I didn't mind the process of figuring out what route I had to go to. What I disliked was the idea that, like, you know, if I stuffed up my very first shot, like I jumped too high and shot, that was the whole puzzle. I just needed to wait and die. Um, it wasn't so bad once I was using save states, but, like, the fact that, like, you can get through a whole stage, miss one shot, and then, like, suddenly, like, it's just too punishing. Like, maybe if it lets you miss three shots, I don't hate it as much. But the fact that, like, it needs, you know, perfection to beat, and then failure punishes you with doing the whole level again, it's like, that's not a fun puzzle to me. That is too punishing. I, I completely agree with you. The issue with this boss fight isn't the puzzle aspect of figuring out where you need to place the bombs and how to get around the level. It's the execution, yeah. Yeah, the actual process of working out what to do, that was fine. Like, I used some of my mobility items um, and was like, okay, now I have a route. That was satisfying. 
Um, and then it was like the process where I knew what I had to do and kept mucking it up a little bit because like I, it would shoot me before, like just as I was about to shoot and knock my shot off balance, like stuff like that. I was like, fuck this. Yeah. Um, the level that it takes place in is also a very tedious level. Like there's this corridor with all these moles coming up from the ground and roof. I don't know if you had to deal with them much, but, uh, it's it's just like a corridor, like a big long corridor where you're just spamming shots into moles coming up from either direction. And if you try and get through too quickly, you take a bunch of damage. And then the boss fights, you get killed in two laser shots and you start again. So uh, this the is the mole room. I just used the leaf shield for, and it let me walk through it. Like it's huge. It takes up the whole corridor, so you just kill everything with one shot. Um... Oh, that would have been a good idea. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know you could do that, lol. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't think of that. But uh, like you, James, I um, this was one of the levels, uh, the times where I made a save state before the boss because, uh, yeah, it was frustrating, um, and the perfection by which you needed to execute it was the annoying thing not the not intrinsically that it threw a puzzle at you because the fun bit about puzzle games is figuring out the puzzle not very rarely it's about executing the puzzle unless you're playing like portal portal has some fun execution of puzzles but that's they're they're few and far between most of the time it's more fun figuring it out can i ask you patrick how many of the boss fights in this game did you actually like um I mean, it's a fair question. I think that of the bosses, like how many bosses, like did I actually enjoy a lot? Enjoy f- probably, yeah. probably like three. Um, in Out terms of like eight, probably like thirteen bosses. Yeah, but in terms yeah. of the bosses, I hated. I probably only hated three as well. Like, I think that there were a lot of bosses in this game that were just okay. Like, they were fine. Very simple, yeah. uh, but a fine challenge at the end of the level uh, that were okay, and I didn't feel strongly about them um, one way or another. You know, just straight down the middle. Like, uh, 80% of the bosses were okay. Yeah, I I think of maybe two that I liked fighting, um, and then it was like, yeah, I was like medium about the rest of them. Like, I didn't feel one way or another. They were just there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a handful I like strongly disliked like the boobing trap i hated mm-hmm. um and then like i didn't like fighting the woodman or airman either because i think their hitboxes are just slightly too big and in general i think the bosses in this game are too one note they all have like exactly one attack basically um or like a slight variation of that same attack that makes them not as fun to fight as other bosses we've done in the past especially something like east we did last for last week just has like fantastic bosses so to me like the boss fights in this game aren't a reason to play it no the the bosses as you said uh needed a few more attack patterns and to me slightly slower projectiles and maybe i'm just getting old james but i i found a lot of these patterns uh not see the thing is they're not literally impossible to dodge but i found that the dodge window was was too small it was is too hard to be precise with your dodges and i think that if they had like three different attack patterns each of which was slightly easier to dodge i would have enjoyed them a lot more yeah so you actually fight all the bosses again um, <laughs> like in a boss rush at the end of the game i was gonna this ask you about been, that this would have been a perfect time to make the bosses like on their current like if you if they're harder the second time you fight them that's way cooler 
Um, like the first time you fight them is like the training wheels fight where, you know, they're, they're challenging, but not like super hard to dodge instead of just being like face tank bosses, which they are. Um, and then the second boss is to be, you know, have tighter windows to dodge. I, I really didn't like having to fight all the same bosses again the second time, uh, so especially lazy. because, yeah, especially because this was my second time through the game. So it was like the fourth time. <laughs> For me, fighting all of them, I was like, I'm yeah, I'm just kind of bored with these by now. I, I will say, I did like that I got to fight Quick Man on level fucking terrain. I, I, yeah. I don't know if you had many issues with Quick Man, I because I, I didn't fight him with the time stop the first time around, so that first fight against him was a fucking crucible. So, he, he kind of the, the ground is uneven, right? So, you can't, it's yeah. very hard to dodge over his attacks. He kind of face rushes you and jumps at you, and it's really hard to dodge those those uh, jumps because they're so those quick. Boomerangs, and too, then, yeah. but the thing about his boomerangs is he'll throw them down at you, and then they'll bounce back up from the floor against you as well. So even if you dodge the initial salvo, you then have to dodge the attack coming from the floor as well as he's he's bum rushing you. So you need to dodge him as well. And I found it basically impossible i was only able to beat him um by using a full energy tank and doing the fight you know what i thought was pretty close to perfect the first time around but uh so fighting him on level ground was so much easier than uh the first time but in general yeah, yeah that boss rush level just shouldn't exist just get rid of it just just doesn't add anything to the game making you fight everything all over again yeah and the fights are less interesting actually because they're all in the same square room with no terrain unlike the first time you fight them so mm -hmm. not only are they easier uh yeah I, I don't know i didn't like it at all so let's have another music break and then i want to talk about the level design of the actual levels because mm -hmm. for me the boss fights are not a reason to play this game so really the only thing left to save it for me, like I like the structure, but that alone isn't enough for a game. The levels have to be enjoyable, so maybe maybe that's a bit better. So let's go into another music break. Um, I get to choose the song this time. Well, the music's pretty good, like we said. Um, I struggle to pick one, but for me, after Wily's Castle, I think my favorite theme would have to be Metal Man Stage. Um, so I'd like to share that with you guys. So this is Metal Man Stage. Thank you. 
Metal Man stage, just one of many good songs on the soundtrack. Um, Patrick, what are your thoughts on the level design of this game? So overall, I would rate the level design as good. Not brilliant or fantastic or wonderful, but good. Uh, As I mentioned before, the levels tend to be quite short. Each of these stages only takes a minute and a half, two minutes to breeze through once you know what you're doing. And I think that... Over the course of that minute and a half to two minutes, it throws enough different ideas at you to keep you entertained from start to finish. Uh, Whether it's um, here is a tough enemy with a tough attack pattern, like uh, I think it's the... I can't remember the stage, but there's a stage where there are these big dogs uh, breathing fire at you. Woodman stage. And those attacks have a certain pattern and you need to jump over the attacks and shoot them. So... Or uh, Airman stage has these bits with uh, platforms with people throwing lightning bolts at you. And you need to kill the people on the enemy platforms and jump on them and take them yourself. And I think that over the course of a typical Mega Man stage, even though they're quite short, they still throw three or four distinct elements at you per stage. And they're all pretty enjoyable to get through. So I would say they're simple, um, simple and for the most part fun. Uh, one of the levels that I really hated was the one where you're going up ladders all the time. I think I think that was Airman, wasn't it? Where you just keep ascending. Um, Airman's the one with the big tiki heads that you have to jump on. No, no. Sorry, I'm thinking of Crash Man. Yeah, Crash Man. There was one level where the entire stage is you going up and up and up while you're getting attacked by birds dropping eggs on you while you're going up these ladders, and I did not like that stage so at that all. Was the, that was the end of Crash Man's stage. Um, the middle's the yeah. bit with all the moving platforms on those tracks. Yes. Yeah. But, but, but it's a vertical ascent. Yeah. You're not going left to right. You're always moving up. That was actually one of the levels that I did like. Um, I think that... For the main eight stages before Wily's Castle, I wouldn't call any of the stages bad, I don't think. Um, I wouldn't call any of them brilliant or, like, great even. But they were all, like, they all hit that level of just, you know, enjoyable, I would say. Like you, um, they were short mm-hmm. enough and didn't outstay their welcome. I, th- I quite appreciated that. I will say I didn't quite like Airman stage just because, like, I would have preferred just lots of hard platforming over, you know, easy platforming that you have to wait around a lot. Because the big there's these big platforms that have these spikes on the corners that are going up and down. So often you just have to like wait for like five seconds before you can make the next jump. So it's actually quite slow and tedious rather than being like fun and hard which is what i was hoping for for that kind of stage um the standout levels in my mind are quick man stage i really enjoyed having to master you know dodging the beams um i really enjoyed heat man stage jumping on the the moving the disappearing blocks um and then you know the later half of bubble man stage was okay it has all of these like instant kill spikes that force you to <laughs> uh use your jumps accurately i found this frustrating initially but after uh, you know i'd gotten good at it i found it kind of satisfying to go through each time so i didn't mind that as much on the whole um i don't love it though like i don't i don't think i could recommend somebody play the game just for these levels they're just they're a bit too simple like you said like i think other platformers have much more interesting level design than here um so they hit that note of like 
enjoyable enough for me, but I, they're not they're not super memorable in my mind. See, it's funny because I I guess I'm I'm higher on these less because of the level design and more because of how it feels to control Mega Man through these levels. Like I found, you know that that part you mentioned that you found so frustrating when you're waiting for the spikes to retract. Yeah. There's an additional thing going on while you're doing this, which is that there's monsters, not monsters, they're robots. There's these robots you have to shoot, uh, and if those robots hit you, they'll knock you back. So you have to find a window where you're not going to be collided with by a robot and when the spikes are retracted on both platforms for you to jump over. And the thing is, I really enjoy shooting enemies with guns. Like I, yeah. it's something that I, I really like and I find it more satisfying than Mario or Sonic uh, as jumping on top of enemies or rolling through enemies to kill them. There's a degree of precision involved where you have to jump to the right height to take the shot and i think that that makes the the very fact that you're controlling Mega Man, who has projectile weapons a variety of projectile weapons makes moving through these levels uh quite fun even though the platforming in and of itself is less complicated or interesting than stuff we see in mario or sonic yeah this is interesting i think we have the reverse opinion of what we had last time like when we did oath and felgana last week i made the comment that i just intrinsically enjoyed the feel of the combat such that i was content mm -hmm. to fight all of the easy enemies over and over and not get bored and I think the case is the opposite here, where, like, I found the enemies, like, they just die so quickly and they don't, you know, challenge you that much. And even if you get hit, it doesn't matter because they drop so much HP. Um, so those tiki platforms with those, like, trivial easy enemies spawning constantly, I just found kind of annoying. Um, I didn't find, you know, any enjoyment in the basic shooting of enemies in this game at all. Um, I felt that like either it hit the balance where things died in one hit and they were trivially easy or there was things like at the start of quick man stage there are these big like brazier enemies that you know throw these fireballs they took a lot of hits to kill um, and their projectiles weren't that interesting to dodge so they were just kind of like time consuming for me more than anything. I really didn't enjoy the moment to moment shooting um, like you did so because of that, the levels were also less enjoyable because there was so much of it. Um, so, you know, I just found it to be just okay more than anything. Maybe I'm just a big noob, James, but I found uh, it plenty challenging. Uh, stuff like, so those birds that fly by and drop eggs, you can shoot the birds and the eggs out of the air before they drop it if your timing is good enough. Like with a metal blade, you can if you time it correctly perfectly you can shoot the egg before it hatches all the baby birds um yep you can also just put the leaf shield on and then all the birds will kill themselves on the shield dropping you know all of the health and mana that you could possibly hold um so like whenever the birds were around i would just farm them for hp and i am like charge um okay uh let me give you some more examples then uh you know those little guys with the helmets? Uh, you only see them in a few stages, but I remember them a lot in Mega Man Battle Network. They're kind of sitting down with their helmets, and when you get close, they shoot shoot at you. Yep. Yeah, so those guys, I found dodging their attack when you got close to them very challenging. Like, uh, they shoot 
a pattern at you that I fe- that took me a while to learn how to dodge. Um, there's a metal robot that's kind of like four four layers stacked up on top of one another with its head in the middle of them. Yep. And when you shoot its head, it kind of shoots its body at you. And if you're standing in the right spot, it will land on either side of you. I found that challenging to deal with. So for me, even fighting the generic enemies of the game, a lot of the time was interesting and challenging because I struggled to avoid a lot of their attacks. So I actually agree with you that those enemies all have... Like, I literally never dodged the helmet dude's attack um i don't think it always hit me maybe i dodged it once i think the key thing for me is that it doesn't matter because if you get hit you can just go grind enemies for health um that i never felt i never felt like that an enemy threatened me like most of the times i died it was because of pits or insta kill spikes it wasn't because the enemies killed me because like if you take a few hits that's fine i'll just sit here killing birds until i'm on full health again and that's boring like like if the enemies can kill you and they're a threat then i feel like i have to dodge these attacks but like the bosses you can just damage sponge through all of them and it really doesn't matter See, maybe once again, my aversion to grinding has saved the gameplay for me because I never, ever grinded enemies for health uh, throughout the entire I game. I did it all the time. So, so because the way, uh, because I was playing without save states for the first part of the game, um, getting through levels without losing any lives was very valuable to me because if I could get to a boss with three lives, that was three attempts against that boss. So as I played these levels over and over again, I felt like I was becoming better and better and better at them until I got to the point where I was getting through each stage without losing um, a life. And then ideally getting through a stage without losing much health. Because if if I went into a boss fight with... 50% 50% health, it was almost a write-off. But, you know, it was still still theoretically possible. So, I don't know. For me, there, I felt like not only was I getting better at, at the boss, but I was getting better at the level every time I attempted it. And the better I did, the more I was rewarded with more lives to take on the boss at the end of the level. So, yeah, I don't know. Be- because of that, because I got value at from more value from taking less damage from enemies fighting against these enemies was more interesting for me to be honest the main difference between our opinions seems to be my misunderstanding of the continue system it it seems like this has drastically impacted my enjoyment of Mm -hmm. the game um so i want to be clear that because of this i feel like my overall opinion on this game is less accurate um, and probably less value to people listening because it sounds like you understood the game a lot better than I did. Um, because overall, my feelings on this game are mostly quite strongly negative. Um, I did not enjoy my time uh, with this game for the most part. And I think that a large part of that is because of this misunderstanding. And I want to be very clear about that. Um, mm-hmm. I... I didn't find any of the enemies in this game fun to fight. Um, I particularly disliked fighting um, the sniper joes, the dudes that would put their shield up and then drop them. I found that annoying um, more than anything. Like it just felt like it was wasting my time. Yeah, they were they were boring. Also strange in how easy they were to beat. Yeah. Because most other enemies in the game 
are very hard to deal with, but they die pretty quickly once you know once you've taken damage from them. The sniper Joe's projectile is laughably slow, yeah. So it's very, very, very easy to dodge, but they've only got a small window to attack them. So you you just wait them out. They they didn't feel like they fit in this game. I'm going to be honest. They uh, were very different to the other critters. Yeah. Um... I'd say out of all the stages, I probably only enjoyed four of them a lot. Um, Quickmans, Heatmans, Crashmans. And before the Boo Beam Trap, I actually did like Wily 4's level um, probably mm-hmm. more than you did. Like, it, it's it got this, like... The falling bit? Yeah, the falling bit was okay, and the bit where with the invisible walls, it felt like the the stage was trying to fuck with the player a lot. And I found it kind of amusing. Um, but yeah, that boss kind of just killed my motivation to play the game, honestly. I really did not enjoy it. Yeah, it's it's interesting what you say about save states because I feel like when I played the original Castlevania that I may have ruined the experience for myself somewhat by using save states. It's, it's this really weird hard line to distinguish because... You know, the these those games were not designed with save states in mind, but that doesn't mean that save states in certain spots can't enhance the experience overall. So I don't blame you for for using save states because I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, and I think that they can improve the experience. It definitely but, feels like it made my experience worse. Like, uh... Yeah, for, for this game, yes, it does. It does sound like... I, I think moving forward, what you and I need to try to do with reviewing these games is to play the first chunk of the game with no save states. Like, uh, to well, I did try. <laughs> it, they... I guess it wasn't the point. It was mostly because when it yeah, you know, like when you die, it would come up with the password and continue button. I assumed it was just trying to like give you the password and then you press continue and enter it again. And then you'd be kicked back to the level select, maybe. <laughs> and have to enter the password every single yeah, time. That's, yeah, that's, I can that's see the that. Bit, that's yeah. the point where I was just making a save at the start of levels and ignoring the live system. So, yeah. I, I th- yeah, you, you were trying to just shortcut the password yeah, system. Yeah, and I didn't realize um, that I was just yeah. kick- shooting myself in the foot. Um, so, number one takeaway is if you're going to play this game, don't, don't do what I did. <laughs> So, James, before we wrap up, I did want to talk a little bit about uh, the graphics because uh, I love the look of this game. Like, I think it looks fantastic. It's so much better than Castlevania. And I think in some respects, it's like better than Super Mario World. Some of these boss designs are superb. Like, the, the art on them is brilliant. And I do like the idea of a world where everything's been robotified. Um, This was true in Mega Man Battle Network as well, but I just like the designs of these enemies. They're very iconic and interesting, and I think, to me, the aesthetics of this game still hold up to this day in a way that I think Castlevania was struggling with in a lot of ways with its its dodgy-looking platforms and everything. Did did you enjoy the visuals? Were you as high on them as I was? Um, So I didn't mind them. There were stages that stood out to me more than others. I thought Quickman stage was visually striking. I thought Air man stage was the best looking stage in the game i thought that the tiki heads and the the enemies in that level looked really cool um uh i liked the bosses mostly um although i wouldn't say that i loved the visuals in this game um but i thought for like such an old game um they were 
impressively enjoyable. Yeah, not not as good as Mega Man Battle Network, right, James? No, definitely not. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, but I I just want to highlight. I think the designs of these enemies are very cool. The designs of the enemies are cool. The designs of the bosses are cool. Um, yeah, I, I I like the look of them, and I like them more than any Mario or Sonic bosses. Well, I guess that brings us to final impressions. Um, I've already stated this, but I did not really enjoy my time with Mega Man, uh, Mega Man Two, and I think that the primary reason uh, is because of the way that I played the game. Um, I think I probably would have enjoyed it a bit more had I, you know, played the game the way Patrick did. That said, um, I did not enjoy any of the levels enough or any of the bosses enough. Um, that I still don't think I would give this game a recommend either way. Like, everything is just okay. Uh, there is, like, maybe exactly one stage, Quickmans, that I loved. Uh, the rest were just good to okay. I didn't love any of the bosses and felt that Crashman was probably the only one that I thought was, you know, a fair and good challenge. Really, to me, the only thing that makes this game stand out is its structure, which I actually love. Um, but for me, this is more of a reason to continue trying the rest of the series than to try Mega Man 2 specifically. I think this idea of non-linearly progressing through the game however you want and finding all of these cool interactions with the boss weapons all over the different levels is awesome. Um, so, you know, despite not liking Mega Man 2 and not being able to recommend it, I am actually still quite excited to play the rest of the series because I've heard that, you know, it's only uphill from here with 9, 10, and 11 being particularly good. So not sold on this game, but I think that I like the idea of the series. So I'm much higher on this game than James is. I think Mega Man 2 is a good game that at times is fantastic. Um, everything James said about the structure rings true for me as well, with the added element of if you are struggling in a stage, you can just try another one. And having the freedom not only to tackle these stages in any order you like, but also, you know, shrug your shoulders and try another one at any time is brilliant. I just love it to pieces. Um, I've always loved non-linear level design, and this is one of the better examples of it I've encountered. Um, I think the main thing that distinguished James and I's experience is that while I didn't love the bosses, I found the moment-to-moment -moment gameplay of Mega Man really satisfying. I liked moving through these levels, shooting enemies with the different weapons, changing my weapons for different scenarios. Um, I really liked this idea of getting better at moving through each level and the better I got at each level, the more opportunities I had to fight the bosses. Uh, I think that the game dips in quality when you move away from that open-ended level structure and move to Wily's Castle. I think that that part of the game is less interesting and less fun, but the initial eight stages are so good that it barely matters. Uh, I think a lot of the criticisms that James Rose are completely valid. The bosses are kind of uninteresting and some of them and mediocre most of the time. And I think that that boss in particular, the puzzle boss, is a complete misstep in its execution. 
but that doesn't change the fact that most of the time I was playing this game, I was having a lot of fun. And I like this idea of platformers with shooting, and I'm very excited to continue playing the series. So Mega Man 2 gets a recommend from me. Um, I think it does a lot of interesting things, and I think it's a fun game to play. It is by no means perfect. There are a lot of problems and ugly warts, but that doesn't mean that the overall experience isn't an enjoyable one. So recommend Mega Man 2. It's a good game. So that about wraps it up. Thank you everyone so much for listening. James and I make up the Retrospectors podcast each and every fortnight. We play through these classic games and deliver a verdict on whether they've stood the test of time. Uh, We're available on all podcasting services. You can find all of our content located centrally on our website, which is rspodcast.net. It's got links to all of our episodes, um, a bunch of articles that James and I have written, and um, also all of our social media links, the most important of which is always our Discord server. The one thing I love doing more than podcasting and arguing about video games is arguing about video games on our Discord server. And we've got a really cool community and we like talking about old games and new and often getting into disagreements on the qualities of those games. And we would love for you to drop by, even if it's just to spectate the bloodbath that inevitably arises whenever anyone mentions the word JRPG. So please, if you've enjoyed what we've done and you'd like to support the show, we would love for you to drop by our Discord server to have a chat um that about sums it up um thank you once again everyone for listening james with Mega Man 2 my selection out of the way what would you like to play for next fortnight all right well i wanted to get the taste of this game out of my mouth so we're going for something completely (laughs) different um we're going to be playing a game that i wanted to do since like year one but had been putting it off for a while because uh I had already played it recently, and I wanted to like forget as much of it as possible um, before playing it again. So we're going to be doing Ace Attorney 1, um, the very first game, um, and we're going to be playing the Nintendo Switch version, I believe, um, it, with all the updated features. Um, I loved this game the first time I played it. I thought it was you know, everything I wanted from this style of game. It's all sorts of you know, dramatic flair and tension and you know, interesting twists and turns that throughout the cases. Patrick, you've never played Ace Attorney before, right? So I've never played Ace Attorney, but I've actually always been interested in this series. There's a free web game called Socrates Jones uh, that apparently apes a lot of what uh, Ace Attorney does, and I love it to pieces. More recently, I played through a game called Paradise Killer, which is kind of like an open-ended version of this. And Paradise Killer was my favorite game from... I think it was 2020. It was like my favorite game. Like I love Paradise Killer. One of the best games I've ever played, which is also a murder mystery solving game. So I'm very interested to see what the experience is actually like because, uh, yeah, always been intrigued by them. Excellent. I think... um... I think I like as I've I've already almost finished it. Actually, I started it like I was I was so salty about Mega Man Two that I just started playing <laughs> this one to try and forget it. Um, so I've actually already almost finished, and I can just see some of the things that Patrick will and won't like about the game. But I'm very interested <laughs> to uh, see his final conclusions and to, to get to talk about some of these cases in more specific detail. So. Um, Ace Attorney episode be out in two weeks. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. We'll see you then. See you then, everyone. Bye. Bye.